Hi, and welcome to All Things Cozy with Matt and Jillian. We are a bi-weekly podcast about everything that is warm, soft, and comforting. This week, we're finding cozy where you least expect it. With the help of our listeners, we've created a list of things that don't appear to be cozy at first, but have the potential to be when properly considered. Yeah. So I think we're calling this episode, I Can't Believe It's Not Cozy. Which I love. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize there's a play on, I can't believe it's not butter. Well, not, we didn't, I didn't intend it to be that, but. My family was really into butter alternatives like margarine. So that was my grandma. She yeah. was talking about that. I can't believe it's not butter. Yeah, she couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. Happy Pride Month. Oh, yeah. Happy Pride Month. It's June. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is June. You, know, you can't debate that. No, no, it is no, it is June. But sometimes it's just overwhelming with all. Like even when in Target and literally all the T-shirts, their clothing section that is section dedicated. Probably which is, you know some is well intentioned, but other times it just feels in your face. Well, I just feel like Pride's the perfect time to get together with your friends and drink absolute vodka and oh yeah <laughs> what other brands are like big on pride well regardless happy yes, pride yes happy pride yes this <laughs> awesome yes it's a lovely time of the year yeah. lots of celebrations time to support everyone that you know who is queer <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think I've said this on you can Venmo the podcast me. before. <laughs> That's right. Venmo <laughs> us. We'll put our Venmos on. <laughs> That's the way to celebrate pride is to give LGBT people your money. Give them money. <laughs> I think I've said this before, but at my college, the gay organization was called Queers and Associates. <laughs> the law firm? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Either it sounds like a law Queer firm or it sounds like something <laughs> a dastardly villain would say, like that's her nemesis, like, oh, those queers and their associates. <laughs> that's really funny. Queer and anyway. associates. Queer and associates at law. Wish, wish the queers and their associates a happy pride <laughs> when you see them. It's also our 51st episode. We didn't really get to acknowledge this mm-hmm. on our last episode which is our 50th episode, which someone, is a bit yeah, of a milestone. Someone congratulated us on our 50th episode, and I really wish I remember who it was. But thank you but to thank that person. Thank you. It was so nice. I was like, oh, yeah, it was our, it was our, um, our 50th anniversary. Not 50th year anniversary. <laughs> We've <laughs> been doing this podcast for 50 years. I hope so. I hope podcasting is still a viable medium in 50 years. And I'll be shuffling over. and We'll probably be holograms at that point. Well, everyone is these days. The so. all things go see how. <laughs> when are they going to make Matt and Jillian holograms that go on tour? Yeah, we can, well, we... they won't be controversial. <laughs> well, they're doing Whitney Houston hologram. That was right. very controversial. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think anyone should be a hologram. I just feel like ultimately, if I want to watch a pre-recorded performance from somebody, I can do that on my TV. I don't need to. Seems like a, a lot of money that, that could be better spent elsewhere. I don't know. Well, as long as it ends up promoting the All Things Cozy hologram tour. I think I'm okay with that research. Yeah. I, I don't know why I find this to be some sort of accomplishment, but the fact that on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, I'm sorry, iTunes is dead. On Apple Podcasts, if you exceed 50 episodes, mm-hmm. it starts dropping your old episodes off. Oh, no. I don't know. I like that, though. It's like, I don't know. You missed it. You missed your chance. No, if you're I don't on want Apple. people to miss chance. Everyone always says, oh, I just started from the beginning episode, and I love it, and it keeps keeping me going. Well, they're too late. No. no. But, but seriously, actually, if you do want to listen to old episodes, they're always available on our Libsyn, Liberated Syndication. So if you go to All Things Cozy Podcast, our dot L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com, I think. If you Google some variation of those terms, it'll come up. 
which is our actual like where the podcast gets hosted. You can find all of them there. Okay, so I'll they're still available. It's just that Apple Podcast has like a fifty have fifty episode limit. Well, I'll have to mute PSA then. Also, yeah. If you want to catch that first this. episode, now you have to oh. look elsewhere. If if you're an Apple Podcast listener, well, that's silly. But we're you know we're forging ahead. Mm-hmm. More and more episodes, getting cozier and cozier yeah, by the week. Lots more author interviews. So before we dive into our listener contributed topics, that are things that might not seem cozy at first, but when you really look into mm-hmm. it, can be quite cozy. We're going to do our normal check-in, which is going through what's making us feel cozy Mm -hmm. this week. Jillian, what's making you feel cozy (laughs) this week? Well, it's actually um, a a movie on Netflix I saw called Always Be My Maybe. And it's a romantic comedy starring Ali Wong and Randall Park. Randall Park's from Fresh Off the Boat. Mm -hmm. It was just a cute fun movie but what i especially loved it was a a cameo from keanu reeves oh and he had so much fun with this role he was playing himself but um this blown up uh egotistical ridiculous version of himself that was so fun and i like when celebrities poke fun at themselves yeah and he did it in such a genuine effortless fun way that it it just warmed my heart when I saw him pop up on screen. And I really don't know that much about Keanu Reeves. I've lately I've been seeing some Twitter threads about kind acts he's done or interactions with yeah, fans. Yeah, all I've been reading are these really loving tributes loving to tributes. all the kind things he's done. Yeah, and so then so I was like, okay, this is great. Here comes Keanu. And I wasn't expecting it, but you ha- I recommend everyone go out and see it. And it was so funny. It was a nice little surprise, but... It's a nice movie to watch on a Saturday or a weekend where you just want to lounge around and be lazy. I wouldn't say it's the best movie I've ever seen, but it was. It's a, a nice story between two friends who um, always had this weird romantic thing going on. They finally um, capitalize on it, but it's more about family and food and traditions and coming together. But Keanu sounds cozy. It, he really made it cozy. I just there's something about celebrities who can. They can realize that kind of the ridiculousness of celebrity yeah. and, and um, have fun with it. That's always really enjoyable. It shows that really they're grounded. They understand. They have context. Yeah. So if you're looking for a really hilarious cameo from Keanu Reeves and you've heard really nice stories about him being kind, there you go. I mean, celebrities being grounded is cozy to me. We should do a whole episode on grounded celebrities. Well, it's kind of like our workhorse celebrities. I yeah. think they're grounded too. They just... Hit the ground running and <laughs> keep working, keep like a working horse. and yeah, so st- <laughs> and being kind around town yeah. and so yeah, that was a lot of fun. So that's a cute movie. Everyone should go see. And it's also it's on Netflix. That's on Netflix, and there's you know more diversity on Netflix. That was great to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so good all around. Yeah, they're really keeping the romantic comedies alive. Yeah, especially when it centers on food. It's a big plot in it because she's a chef. And Stop the presses. Jillian likes food. I love food. I love... <laughs> gotta, I want it in my movies. I want it in my mouth. I want it everywhere. <laughs> yeah. That's a good I feel like I said nice and fun 10,000 times. <laughs> it's really nice and fun, but... Well, it's nice and fun to hear. What's making me feel cozy this week are tours of historical landmarks. Oh. In particular, my husband and I had not that much to do the other day. He had just gotten back from Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. It was a gray day in L.A., and so we had some time to kill, so we ended up stopping by this place called Lummis House. Are you familiar with it? Mm-mm. It's in, like, northeast L.A. It's a stone house built by Charles Lummis, who 
was a journalist and activist for Native American rights. And he is well known for, not by me, I didn't know who he was before going to his yeah, house. Yeah, I've never heard of him. Why am I talking about this house? Again, what's made me feel cozy is tours of historical landmarks. This house is notable because it has all these elements from Spanish missions. Some of it was appropriated from restoration projects he was involved with. Yeah. So he, he literally stole like beams Tyronic. from Spanish missions. He's a complicated guy. Yeah. Like, I mean, even, even, most even when you're a, a really progressive person like for, for, like, for 1898, still today we can look at it and be like, well, yeah, <laughs> we're still doing issues. some stuff that. Yeah. Anyway, so he has this like stone and concrete house and a lot of it's built to, in a way that is architecturally like Pueblo Indian style or Spanish mission. Each kind mm-hmm. of room has a different flavor to it. He has a lot of artifacts from that were given to him, actually. He, he didn't take most of the artifacts that are in the house that turned into like built-in cabinets and doors and closets were, were gifts. So that's, that makes you a little better looking at it because it wasn't just like he stole everything, but he stole some of it. He stole some of it. <laughs> well, well, thieving. This is all beside the point. <laughs> it's, it's really, it's a, it's a cool place, but I wouldn't know any of this if I didn't actually go on the tour. Yeah. And what's cozy to me is my husband and I are pretty shy and so when we go to like a historical landmark, even if like, and again, this is all his doing because he knows where everything is in LA and he's like, well, we should try this place. It's on my map. And it's like, okay. And there's a, you know, we're walking around the garden taking pictures <laughs> of ourselves <laughs> in this house and we see a tour group starting to form and they welcomed us into our group. I think it it's was really like a, a class actually that was there on a Saturday. And the tour guide invited us to join the group and we were like, okay. As you can s- tell from all the stuff that I've just said about this person's history, the history of the house, I took away so much more from the experience than if I had just done a self-guided tour or just decided to like look at it. I would have not known what I was looking at. And I got to understand where everything came from and the history of the place and the history of even the effort to preserve it. And yeah, so it, it takes me back to other tours I've done, like of the Tower of London or or places where like I never regretted buying the audio tour or getting a guide, it it makes the trip worth it. Learning is cozy because I learning is cozy, and I've and I have learned the hard way that like visiting some of these historical landmarks and not getting a guided tour, not even getting an audio tour, you kind of leave with like a shallow understanding of what you just saw. That's true. You miss out on those little tiny facts, right? Special facts, I'd say. Yeah. And so I think it's it's super cozy to me because it was a, it was a lovely gray day in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Got a little learning in, yeah, and very friendly people who invited us into their group. It was really it was really cozy. That is very sweet because sometimes I hesitate to join guided groups yeah. because I'm so easily bored. It has to go at my own pace, <laughs> <laughs> and so moving if, along. Yeah, well, if I have to stand there, I don't like standing in. Standing, then walking, then standing, and yeah. like I, I don't know. I go have a lot of patience for it, but that has encouraged me to maybe join some more groups because you seem to have such a wide breadth of knowledge about this person now, and it, it really enlightened you. I'd never heard of this person. Yeah, he meant nothing to me before yesterday. But now, but now, mm, there you go. I can you tell get you all your sorts own guided tour about Charles. Lundas. You really I could, could now. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds like a beautiful day. I'm gonna yeah. check it out. It's a cool house, and you could learn some things, but like. I think the biggest takeaway is like always take the tour, always get yeah. involved and have someone lead you through things. Yeah, it's worth it. Yeah, the opportunity is there. Why not take your already there? Absolutely. 
it's time to dive into... I can't believe it's not cozy. I can't believe it's not cozy. Things that you may not expect to be cozy at first, but once we talk about it, we'll convince you. Hot button topic. <laughs> I really love our first submission when we asked our listeners. Again, so we asked listeners through our Facebook group. Mm-hmm. And if you aren't in our Facebook group, we strongly recommend that you join. It's a great group of people. And that's where we get... We, we, the special requests and deeper ways to engage with our podcast mm-hmm. are through that group. You get yeah. some special opportunities that um, people outside otherwise. that group don't hear about. So if you want to get on the ground floor, join that Facebook group. And Jennifer um, commented first with murder mysteries being something that we can't believe it's not cozy. And I thought that was so clever because it's true. Like even our... Half of what our podcast is about as a cozy podcast, mostly because we cozy mysteries, right? When you really boil it down, it's not a cozy thing. Like, I mean, like, you know, as a, as a dateline queen, like <laughs> murder mysteries, like there, there is this dark edge to it. And it's a fine line between this feeling of safety and security you get from diving into a murder mystery. Mm-hmm. But when you tell somebody that it's cozy, they might say like, well, it's death. Well, yeah. And, and, and I just want to, I was thinking that's a lot lately. I want it to be quite clear yeah. <laughs> that I don't, I'm, I am very invested in the victims. I want to point that out that I really truly do care about the people in these um, mysteries. I follow up, check in to see about updates with the crime. Um, I watch a lot of crime shows because I think there's a lot of laws that could be improved and that sheds a light on it. But I think there's a misconception about people who watch crime shows. I'm just sitting there with my, my popcorn grease falling down my face like, yeah, murder. <laughs> that person got like, taken like, out. Like, like, the, like the Bill Hader impersonation of Keith Morris. Yeah, and, and I really do appreciate that impression because it's so funny and as you know i shared on the social media of keith and bill finally meeting yeah and so there is this you know silliness to it but back in the day when i was a kid me and my my friend her mom was a lawyer so she went driving on driving on trips she tells about you know you know murders and you know victims rights and all kinds of stuff so i always had like a a fascination with it but for the reasons that maybe other people i not assume um, so I want to make that very clear. I don't want people to think that I'm some, you know, murder file, especially where it concerns, you know, women who are murdered, you know, and without, uh, they seem to be cast aside a lot of the times, um, by their husbands, particularly there's a lot of cases back in the eighties. I'm hoping we'll get cracked yeah. that I know of that I continue to follow. Um, also I'm very interested in, uh, DNA and that can shed match and all that stuff, how it can solve cases. So I'm very interested in the whole entire world of it. I'm not just like. Oh, this is so fun, you know. Yeah. So I think sometimes that can get misconstrued. And it's it's cozy in the sense where I like to dive deep into something and I think murder cases give you that opportunity, whether it's the psychology behind it or, you know, um maybe there's some like legal snafu going on. You can really dive into it um on a deeper level, especially with um discovery journalist rights where they release interrogations and release court files. I read all of those. So I can yeah. really like dive deep into it. And I think right. that's what makes something cozy is your level of getting um, into it, you know, and not just a surface way. Right. So it so makes that's me my think like of rant. something. No, I, I love it. And it makes me think of something I've been considering preparing for this podcast episode when I was thinking about what are some things that I feel cozy doing or watching or experiencing that, aren't cozy at first glance. And for me, what I thought of were horror movies. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean, I think there are two types of cozy horror movies. 
One are those really bad B movies that are just fun to watch with your friends because they're not scary at all. They're just kind of schlocky. Make fun of it. And you kind of make fun of it or you laugh, you kind of laugh along. And that's obviously cozy. I don't I don't think there's any debate there. But gory horror movies, I think, can be very cozy. Not insofar as the gory horror movie itself, mm-hmm. but in the communal experience of watching the movie. And I think it goes back to your point. Underneath all of that is empathy. Like, mm-hmm. in order to watch a murder mystery or read a cozy mystery or watch a horror movie, you are constantly being engaged in empathy with people in some of their darkest moments. Like, in a horror movie, for example, watching somebody get physically hurt, mm-hmm. right, you feel it, too. Yeah. And being in a whole room of people also feeling the same way, groaning, screaming, like... It's a, commu- it's a groaning, a screaming. <laughs> Cozy. It's a community experience. It's a community. So, so yeah. So one part of that is community. But I also think the other thing I think is sort of powerful about all of that stuff is something that I don't think we have enough of in today's society, if I can get on my mm-hmm. soapbox, which is empathy. Fe- feeling for other people and what they're going through. And I think you're watching a horror movie and you're seeing something go through, seeing someone go through something horrible and you feel for them. You, you're afraid you're, of what could happen to them like it could happen to you. And you're rooting for them. And you're rooting for them, right? And I think the same thing can be said for murder mysteries. You are rooting for the sleuth you're, or you're, you're rooting for the detective in the case of like a Dateline show of solving it mm-hmm. and of, of justice and of, of correcting, of righting a wrong. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm even in a lot of Facebook groups for missing people and when... For example, if, you know, development happens or a lot of people will comment and this is so great, you know, might be able to break the case and kind of, yeah, like you said, connecting people to movie theater. That's what I do with other people who are actually truly invested Mm -hmm. in, you know, the families who are affected, the the victims, um, you know, all all around. There's so many ways to connect with people. And yeah, because you say you're, you're rooting for people in horror movies. I'm rooting for the people who haven't seen their loved one in 30 years and don't want to happen to them. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's a, it's a weird thing. Maybe, maybe there's, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. You said it way more elo- eloquently, but I worry. It sounds like I'm just making excuses for perversely rubbernecking at other people's misery. Say, yeah. Rubbernecking. But I, I don't think I, for rubberneckers. I don't think so either. I th- I've seen that, um, that accusation be leveled at, a lot of the cr- true crime podcasts and other media that's very popular right now. Well, the idea that people are just being delighted and entertained and via other people's misery. And there are some instances. It is a fine line. I mean, like it's a very fine line. Yeah. I think if you're an empathetic person and you definitely are, you can tell which ones are, especially with podcasts, which ones are really doing the legwork and which mm-hmm. ones are just like, yeah, we read a Wikipedia page on the murder and now yeah. we're just going to, talk about all the gruesome gory details there's this one podcast it's not it's not the it's not vanished up and it's not up and vanished with the um, teacher tara grinstead it's called the vanished and i think her first name's melissa she has a great job um of interviewing family members and really conducting a thorough um interview interview with um whether it's a yeah family member or friend of and she usually covers murders that are not well known or people who I don't say on the lower, the fringes of society, but mm-hmm. people who aren't as greatly missed, let's say. And then there's this other podcast, which I don't want to call out because I don't have the place to do this, but they really have no knowledge of any of the crimes and do not put any care in it. 
Um, and that's very hard. I listened to two episodes and I was, I was almost offended, um, making, making jokes and that kind of stuff. It's like you said, it's, it's, I think empathy obviously is cozy. Caring mm-hmm. for others is cozy. And I think there's a layer in horror or in these murder mysteries that, um, connects you or gives you a feeling of rooting for someone and caring. And that's just, I mean, that's why I think that's a level of why I find it cozy, but also the obsessive obsessiveness of diving into it and mm-hmm. really researching something. Cause they are exceptional stories. These are not normal yeah. things that happen. So, so yeah. yeah. Well, we came swinging right out of the gate with the heaviest material that we have for I Can't Believe It's Not Cozy. I, I could understand if people were like, actually, that's still not cozy Yeah, to me. I'm just going to forward right through on this. <laughs> As a palate cleanser, um, thank you, Gretchen, for this yes. next item, which is Gretchen writes that for her, something that doesn't seem cozy to all people but is cozy to her is grocery shopping. She writes, um, grocery shopping, I love it. It by no means is a cozy activity, but I find a level of coziness in it as I love all the circulars, planning meals, and going around the store to find quality ingredients, et cetera, and even getting ideas for future meals. So grocery shopping, where do, where do you fall on that, Jillian, in terms of it being a chore for you? Do you enjoy it? Is it cozy? Do you I see th- where Gretchen's coming from? I think more so when I was single, I didn't appreciate it because you have to schlep outside with all of your bags yeah. by yourself. And especially getting on the East Coast where it's cold and snowing and raining sometimes, you're like running with all your bags. And you're like, oh, sh- oh sorry. Oops, I forgot something. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> but I can, I think also as I got an older, I appreciate it more, especially when I have a recipe that I want to, to try. I'm like, oh, I get excited getting all the ingredients and it makes me feel good. But I particularly find cozy about grocery shopping is the fact that as I'm there, I know that I'm going to have food for the next two weeks. Yeah, that, I was going to say that's exactly <laughs> what I find cozy about it, which is that I, I'm filling my cupboard. Yes, and that's I, always nice. I totally hear Gretchen. Gretchen sounds like somebody who likes to cook, mm-hmm. obviously, and plan those meals. And, and that is super cozy, and I admire that. That's not me. I'm heating up a tofurkey for dinner and calling it a day, like a sausage. Like, like truly the least amount of effort put into my meals. It's horrible what I eat. So I, I, I hear Gretchen. I agree that that's cozy, that like that element of it. But what makes me feel cozy about grocery shopping is the same thing that makes Jillian feel cozy, which is this idea that I'm going to have for the next week, these items that are going to make mm-hmm. me happy. I can open up my refrigerator, my cupboard and have those. Something to look items. forward to. My, my LaCroix, my hummus. <laughs> yeah, all the, all the fixings. All the snacks. Yeah, there's nothing worse, especially if you're working from home. It's hard, you know, you're in your zone. It's hard to go out and grab something, but there's nothing worse than scrounging around your house for something to eat. Like one time I had yeah. nothing. I just had white rice with salt and pepper. That's it. It was so horrifying. <laughs> I hate scrounging around like some fiend looking for anything I can get my little hands on. So it's nice when I have groceries where I can, yeah, feel... Oh, I got I'm got doing this thing right, this life thing right. I have things to eat. Yeah, I don't have to eat white <laughs> rice with salt and pepper tonight. <laughs> yeah, so it's also nice. Yeah, going with someone too. Jillian's on a prisoner diet. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> my, my, my body's not showing. I, I, actually, I think people who are inmates eat better than that. <laughs> I think they do. Well, actually, I, I also which is not cozy. Those prison shows that is so. That's some voyeuristic. But some bad stuff. Yeah. But anyways, but they're eating. Sometimes they're, I, I have to say, they do do creative things. I think go off topic, but what they make with the prison inventory yeah. is very impressive. So they <laughs> probably are eating better than me. That's a topic for another episode. Yes. <laughs> the recipes of Orange is the New Black. <laughs> Shannon writes that she finds The Sopranos very cozy, 
specifically because she's from that area of New Jersey. And when she was a kid during that time, so it reminds her of her childhood. It's funny, Shannon, that you write that because right now I've seen Sopranos. I watched it in high school with my mom. (laughs) (laughs) And so we caught it, you know, it finished right before I, I left for college. And, um, my husband is binge watching it right now because he's, oh. he's catching up on it. And so whenever I'm playing Nintendo Switch, that's his like opportunity to squeeze a few Sopranos episodes in. I'll watch, I'll watch with him in the living room while I have my headphones on. <laughs> and so I can still hear what's happening. And it is super cozy. Have you seen The Sopranos? No. Jillian? I think you'd like it a lot. Really? I, I... Feel, like it's, I feel like it's that part of New York, though, that you're... I know it's New Jersey, but like... Very different, man. I don't know about that. <laughs> it's um, very different. <laughs> I feel like Long Island and... Don't even start with Long <laughs> There are also... I need to get this off my little chest. Yeah. There are different parts of Long Island, just like there's different parts of California, so there are different parts of the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Let's not get started. I don't know that... I, I mean, yes, like he, someone from Chicago has a different... A vibe than somebody from Springfield per se, but there's still like a Midwestern quality. Okay, well, I'll t- I guess that that you know that definitely is true. I will say I didn't grow up. I I don't recall meeting how many mobsters did you go to school with? Lots of mobsters. <laughs> but at my sister's bridal shower, there was this kind of like not Sopranos moment, but her, she's marrying someone whose mom actually came over from Italy. So they're very like super Italian, super New York, super. They're like um on the. They're like twenty grew up twenty minutes outside the city, so they're mm-hmm. like more like rough and tumble. I didn't grow up with anyone I recall having an accent, and so they all have pretty intense accents. And um, one person slipped and fell on the floor in the middle of the bridal shower, and it's not funny, but there's a little puddle of water, I guess, from the server accidentally spilled, and so. Do they sound like Luigi when he spins <laughs> on Mario Kart? Oh yeah, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so it's funny because, um, the the. Now the person who fell, one of her friends, went up to the waitress and she's like, my friend fell. And and then the waitress like, oh, it's probably, she must have just, you know, bumped into the sign. She's like, no, because there's water. There was water right there. That's why she fell. This could be a lawsuit. Water. I saw it right there. I got clipped. It's water. So you can do the <laughs> accent. So this is in you. You, you want to deny I know, it. A lot of people think, I, I've come across to like, um, that I was hiding my accent or that like, that I, this is a put on voice, but I, my mother doesn't have an accent. My father doesn't have an accent, but I can do the accents yeah. very well. <laughs> and so I just thought it was funny because I was imagining if it'll say it's in Ohio, it'd be like, oh, um, excuse me, ma'am, like the waitress, there's some water here. You mind cleaning up? My friend just fell. No, but this is like water. There's water on this floor. I need it cleaned up right now. It's, I think Paul Shear talked about this on his podcast was how this get made. Mm-hmm. And he's saying the reason why he can't watch real houses of New York is because he's from Long Island and it's yeah. just too, too on the nose for him. And honestly, because I had a headache as soon as I left that bridal shower, it's like, yeah, I mean, I didn't grow up with my immediate vicinity, but I grew up close enough and I can't take it. <laughs> so I think this may be, well, too let me, much. let me defend this choice. <laughs> so I think what's super cozy about it is, I mean, part partially is that nostalgia element of growing up at that time. And so you're watching like, AJ play Mario Kart, actually, mm-hmm. literally in, in the sh- in the show like N sixty four, and everyone's dressed the way that we used to dress in high school, and it feels very it, it's a trip down memory lane, like the fashions, the attitudes. What was it early two thousand? This was made. It started. I think it started in nineteen ninety nine. Okay. So like early, yeah, early two thousands, like turn of the century. 
I think what makes it cozy as a show is that it is a slice of life. Mm-hmm. Like there is, there are those moments of mob violence that are honestly all the more horrific and jarring because the show does such a good job of contextualizing it in like normal daily life. Mm-hmm. And it has actually a great effect of, of not glorifying that violence. It, it, it always feels uncomfortable and bad. It never feels like you're rooting for these people and you struggle with the dichotomy of these people as you see like 75% of the episode is them being family men and people who have like positive relationships that Mm -hmm. run around them and care about people or are sensitive. And then the other quarter is them shooting other people and you're like, Oh my God, how do I reconcile? Like you are an awful person, but also I, I care about you. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, Cause I, from what I've heard from it, that um, it's his familiar relationships that yeah. are the core of the show. I, it sounds like a great bingeable show. Binge, binge-worthy shows are c- cozy. I love when I can just sit and watch a show within a few days. Yeah. Um, also, that's not in a few days. That'd be I'd be up all night. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but also, love to New Jersey. I don't want to hate on it. It's our it's our sister. Diane writes airports and air travel. This got the most likes of the comments, and so I think we're all with you here, Diane. Oh, yeah. I think I even mentioned um, and what makes me feel cozy. We had also had a guest, one of our former guests, also brought up put as being cozy. With the caveat that you're, you're running on time and security is not a big hassle. Oh, yeah. I agree with Diane. She writes, I like leisurely browsing duty-free shops, having an overpriced margarita at any time of the oh, day, yeah. reading trashy magazines and paperback novels. Then you get on a plane, your phone goes on airplane mode, and no one can contact you. I love it. You're up in a little bubble with no responsibilities. So cozy, yes, yes, yes. Cosign and all of that. I never want to turn the internet on when I'm in a plane because that's the opposite of what I love about that experience, which is that like now I, I'm reading, I'm listening to music. I'm completely ensconced from all of my responsibilities. Yeah, and I I think the part that hit for me most was the $15 margarita. <laughs> I love spending crazy money on on, <laughs> on a bad restaurant i think you can be basic there maybe yeah. that's what is cozy yeah, about it <laughs> exactly yeah you can just be like everyone's just in, in survival mode yeah so you know we're all care. just trying to get through it yeah you yeah. know it doesn't really matter how you look i have an airport uniform now then going to i do think there is a baseline though that some people really do push well like are I'm, you talking about those women Oh, yeah. Well, so Jillian and I were traveling. Remember we went to, remember listeners, we went to um, Seattle and we were coming, going there, coming back and going someone there. was dressed they in... Were, they were wearing a t-shirt were wearing? with no pants. They were, it, it looked like they were about to go to bed. <laughs> like, Imagine like a girl in like from 1995 and she has a big Garfield shirt and she's about to go to bed. Yeah, That's so what that it felt it. like. But nothing underneath. No tiny yeah. boxers. Well, that no, guy could see. I'm nothing. Not, I we couldn't looking. see, th- thankfully, actually. But, you know, she could have had nothing underneath there <laughs> as far as we know. <laughs> it's like just a long t-shirt. No. I don't know what was going Some on. Some people just are really pushing the comfort. And I think even sweatpants sometimes, I have to say, like, it depends on, on the cut of the sweatpants and how they're looking. Mm-hmm. But sometimes even that's like... Can at least put on a pair of pants. Like. Yeah. And one thing, I, I don't want to go into resentment mode, but I just have to say this. Mm-hmm. To anyone who goes on the plane and you have a carry-on, your purse doesn't go on the overhead. Your tiny backpack doesn't go on the overhead. I've had issues the past few times I've flown. The little stuff goes underneath your seat. Okay. I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna slightly disagree with you here. I'm not going to. So, okay. The airlines are tearing us apart because... They have been so awful about charging for mainly the thing is like carry of checking luggage is so expensive now 
that everyone's trying to carry on things they would have normally checked. Okay. Right? And so there's this big rush for overhead bin space that there wasn't before because airlines are increasingly treating us all like garbage. I and, agree. And, and we're becoming animals about this. I know when I'm getting on a plane, I'm anxious mm-hmm. about getting overhead space because usually I'll have my backpack and I'll have like a duffel bag with my clothes. The backpack's my fun stuff, my, my laptop, yeah. and my books. And I'll put the backpack usually at my feet. And so when I have two things, I agree with you, that smaller item, it goes um, at my feet. Yeah. Absolutely. No, no disagreement there, Jillian. We're mm-hmm. on the same page. Where I will disagree with you is if you are somebody who has no other thing, so the only carry-on you have is your backpack or your purse, I think you're entitled to putting that in the overhead bin because you have no other bag and you get to enjoy your leg space. And I'll say this because my husband, I'm, de- I'm defending my husband now because he only ever travels with a backpack. Mm-hmm. And his legs are very long. He's a very tall man. And so he does not want that on the bottom area. And so he can stretch his legs out as much as he can. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he's entitled to that because he has no other bag up there. So why not have the one item go in the overhead bin? I guess, I mean, I understand it from a context of a, a taller person or if you have some issues with your legs or what have you. But it is a little frustrating. I don't know. I think a lot of people will agree with me. You see the tiniest little bag go up there. But if it's and all you have. People, but here's the thing. Like, if let's say all I have is this one big suitcase. Not a big suitcase. I have a very, like, succinct suitcase that's specifically designed to fit perfectly up in the overhead compartment. Well, a lot of people bring these monster And that they in. should be penalized as well. Yeah. I'm talking that, about I the really, people. I really hate that. Yes, that is offensive. Oh, and also, they'll put it in, like, sideways. Oh, my God. That, so that... Like, I never traveled before. Right. I don't know what's going on. You, you have to be as courteous as possible because a lot of people are on edge. They're anxious. They're stressed. Just go by common sense policies here. That's all I will say. You know? Like, don't put your bag in sideways. If yeah. you see someone who has no place to put their bag, even though it might be a little annoying, try and make room. That's it. All right. Well, let's, let's not go any further down this rabbit hole because I, I, I could talk for hours and hours just about... <laughs> Airplane etiquette. <laughs> Which is um, not very cozy. I'm sure people are like, what the heck? <laughs> We're stressing everyone out. Um, so going back to our topics, Pilar writes that she finds places that are way tacky cozy, like Daytona Beach. Hmm. I don't really like overtly colorful and sunny places. So I'm <laughs> guessing for me personally, probably not. But Tacky places I can find. Yeah. I like a good kitsch, you know? Yeah. I'm happy. I'm, that makes Kitsch is cozy. cozy. Yeah, that's cozy. I, I agree. I mean, I think there's a certain, there's an unseriousness that I appreciate in places like that where everyone's mm-hmm. just there to have a good time. Oh, yeah. We're not trying to impress anybody. We're going to be as basic as we can be just like we're at an airport. Yeah. So, yeah, I like, I think now there's an aversion to being basic, but I think now it's be as basic as you want. Also, we're all tacky, tired. Also, techie places are... Usually vacation places, so it's already true. you're at an advantage because it's cozy when you have to work. Or even like overtly touristy places. Yeah. Sign me up. At first, I you know, I don't go off the beaten path. Get me on the main road. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I love that. Marie writes that 90s country makes her feel cozy, especially from female artists. 
She writes, country isn't everyone's cup of tea, but something about angry or fed up female country artists breaking free in the 90s oh, yeah. and talking about their deadbeat boyfriends is so cozy. Garth Brooks during this time is also so comforting. I second that. Yeah, I wish I was more well-versed in yeah, that genre I so I could to speak to it specifically. specifically. But your description is very evocative and I agree with you entirely. Yeah, women breaking free, especially in the country genre. Mm-hmm. It's empowering. I do love Reba. Oh, yeah, Reba. I love, love her in Tremors. I love her in or that sitcom show she was in what was called Reba. Yeah. <laughs> what was that called? <laughs> Stephanie, she says, Lately I've been finding mornings quite cozy. Usually they're the bane of my existence, but there's something so great about peeling myself out of bed early to work out and then drink tea and read before I have to start working. Stephanie, you have your stuff together in a way. I know. <laughs> I really envy. <laughs> so I think what you're getting at Stephanie's routines which can be really cozy. And I think the morning times... Yeah, I'm really routinized. Yeah, is is a perfect time for routines. Mine's not as luxurious. I'm uh, scooping up cat pee-pee and poop. (laughs) And so that's my first thing thing I do is scoop out the litter box. But um, it's very nice to have time with your... It's important to start out your day (laughs) interfacing with cat crap. Scooping some poop. Well, that's actually my order of operations, too. When I was cat-sitting... First thing is to scoop that poop. Yeah. Well, you want, and then then you take a shower. It's like it's you're you're refreshed. Yeah, everyone's you, refreshed. You want to cleanse. Do you know what's funny? I love about cats is that as soon as you clean their litter, is when they want to go back <laughs> exactly, in and do yeah. it again. Especially my cat. Yeah, especially Snickers. As soon Snickers as I was done, Snickers it. would pop right back in. <laughs> Finally, I can go, I can do this again. Yes, that's Snickers. But anyways, routines are lovely. It yeah, like I'm a, a morning lovely person, one. so this is yeah, this has always been cozy to me. Like I love waking up before everybody else and mm-hmm. feeling like I get a head start. Like that makes me feel so good. I feel like I have my stuff together. I can attack the day in the way I want to if I get up a little earl- earlier mm-hmm. than everyone else. Yeah. Where it gets sort of depressing is that work routine of like, uh, you know, your your alarm clock goes off. To peel, like like she said, peel yourself out of bed and, and get it together. But there is a certain, in that routine, there is a coziness of, you know, getting on with your day and, yeah. and getting moving. I love it. Very cozy. And last but not least. Kate Littleton. Um, I find movies like The Hunger Games really cozy. Something about dystopias make me feel really calm. Maybe it's something about how people have to band together to survive and forage for food and shelter. Or maybe it's the cool and or weird technological stuff you see that would never actually exist in our world. Regardless, I always find it really that's really comfy to curl up on the couch with a cup of tea and a good dystopia. I agree. Yeah. I, I love fantasizing about the end of the world. I think a lot of people, I mean, dystopias, dystopic fiction is a very popular genre. Yeah, right now, yeah. So I, I don't think we're alone in this, but there is a comfort and coziness in imagining everything falling apart <laughs> and having to find a new normal mm-hmm. and just focus on survival as opposed to all of the artificial things that we've, invented to stress ourselves out over <laughs> yeah. yeah that is that's a nice thought just starting from the ground up yeah relying on a few people going going back to to basics nature mm-hmm. survival there, there's something primal and cozy about that yeah as long as it doesn't have anything to do with zombies i'm so sick of it <laughs> <laughs> zombies aren't cozy no no i'm really done with that yeah well i mean again but they can be if you go by my horror that's something i've never really thought of but it's you're right I can't believe it's not cozy. Can't believe it's not cozy. Julian, is there anything else that you had on your mind that you wanted to share for something that for you is I don't want to go on a long rant, but something I think is very cozy, but maybe it's a hot button. Some people don't like talking about it. 
as astrology. I think we probably should do a whole episode on this because you're so deeply invested in it. That's another thing. It's one of those things you can dive really deep into. I've been studying it since I've been in middle school and I know it's not just the sun sign, moon sign, rising sign. I know about houses, how different planets interact with the trines, oppositions, all that kind of stuff. So I'm really deeply into it. And so it's one of those other topics. I think anything you can dive deeply into can be cozy and it's very cozy for me. And also I think it relates to self-care. Gonna go on a little little thing here. Mm-hmm. Um, because it doesn't dictate how your life will turn out or who you're going to be, but it informs you about energies that you might be working with and you can learn more about yourself. And when you learn more about yourself and you can learn about others, um, there's that element of that's a self-care and understanding that mm-hmm. I think astrology gives people the opportunity to have. And her name's Jessica Lanadu. I believe how you pronounce her last name. She's on Twitter and she talks Lana a lot. Lana who? <laughs> she talks a lot about um, the emotional healing you can have through astrology and she's very well informed. So um, I have to do, I have to do an episode on it. Uh, so I just love it so much and it's something I think about all the time. Yeah. I mean, I, I know you do. And you're a little, <laughs> and, and you're a little fish. That's right. Little Pisces. Pisces. And Pisces and Virgos are opposite on the wheel and they, they connect very well. And your husband's a Virgo. Yeah. I'm a Virgo. <laughs> Coincidence? I think not. I think what I find cozy about it, first of all, there's a weird way that, I mean, I'm, a, I'm into fantasy and stuff. So I'm really into magic and tarot cards. And mm-hmm. whether or not you take that stuff seriously, to me, is beside the point. I think just having like sort of arcane knowledge and there's a certain magic to it. Yeah, there that is. I like. You're really into tarot for a minute. Yeah, I was. And I, st- I still really do want to learn it better. Be- not because I feel I, I, I put much stock in it, but I think it's just a fun, reflective exercise of mm-hmm. reading into symbolism, reflecting on yourself. To me, it, it's it, it's more of a check-in. Yeah. And I think it's a tool for people. It's almost like it's like an alternate form of therapy because it's making people reflect on their life choices, where they want to go, where they currently are, uh, changes they want to make in their lives. I think all of those things, astrology and tarot cards, they let people self-reflect. And mm-hmm. I think, uh, to me, that's very cozy and, and healthy. Yeah, I think it's a great um, way of putting it. Yeah. Re- regardless of if you are uh, a diehard like Jillian or a dabbler. Yeah, don't knock it till you try it. <laughs> uh, what about you, um, Pete? I think the horror thing was, mm-hmm. was my, my thought. You know, we may revisit this topic in the future. I think it's actually, there's a lot here. Yeah, I think so, So too. we might consider this volume one. <laughs> <laughs> we may come back to it. Um, I can't believe it's not cozy. We're still, we're still overdue for a volume two of, now that's what I call cozy I know. music. People are waiting. Speaking of which, it's time for our segment, Soothing Sounds. Jillian, take it away. What's your soothing sound okay. this week? My soothing sound is Guster. That's the band. And the song is Amsterdam. And now that we're approaching summer, I guess we are in summer now. Even though this officially doesn't start till what, the 22nd, which I think is, to me, it's summer. Yeah. As soon as June, it's summer. It's close. And it's just like a fun song that you kind of can tune out to. Um, it's definitely an older one. I don't know exactly when it was released. 2007. But, so, and that doesn't seem like too long ago, but... Get up there. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> Only 12 years ago. <laughs> that's almost, you know, we're yeah. right 15 years. That's yeah. kind of, that's a high school student. Yeah. Listen to it as in high school. And so it's just like one of those songs I can see, you know, driving around 
listening to. It's just a fun, upbeat, enjoyable song. There's really not much more to it, but I kind of like songs that you really don't have to invest too deeply in because the other half of my music I invest way more too deeply Mm -hmm. in. We're brooding or so whatever. This is like for a chill, cozy summer This is for time. a chill, cozy summer time. You summed it up quite well, yes. All right, well, let's, let's listen to it. What's it called again? Amsterdam. Bye. Guster. <laughs> hit, the, hit the play button. that song yeah it's just a fun little ditty the chorus demands to be sung along to mm-hmm. do you do you do you belt this song in the car <laughs> you know me i can see it oh yeah definitely Guster's my style that, like I, I know i've heard that song before i really like it mm-hmm. and it's a band that i never really got into i don't know why because i feel like it sounds like a band i would like yeah they're just it's easy listening yeah i would say i don't know where they I love that easy listening yeah. <laughs> don't know where they are today Hope they're they're, they've gusting off somewhere in the wind. <laughs> gusting off. <laughs> but it's just, it was a nice throwback. Like, it always makes me feel happy and good inside when I listen to Guster. I don't do it very often, but I don't know why they popped into my head, but they just, they did today. Well. They gusted through. <laughs> <laughs> What's my soothing sound this week is from the soundtrack of a documentary called Echo in the Canyon. Mm-hmm which was produced and is hosted by Jacob Dylan from The Wallflowers. Oh. And son of Bob Dylan, obviously. Um, I'll, I'll come back to that. Anyway, so it's an exploration of the early 60s and that moment when folk music merged with rock and roll. And so that the, the Beatles were influential in this area but then also what was happening in Laurel Canyon in Los Angeles between bands like the Birds, the Mamas and the Papas, mm-hmm. the Beach Boys, Buffalo Springfield. That's why it's called Echoes in the Echo in the Canyon, which is the idea that all these bands were influencing each other and creating a new sound that was bringing folk music to the radio. So we went to the Arclight to see the documentary because it was one of those special events where they had the filmmakers mm-hmm. there to do a Q&A after. And it was quite special because not only did um, were, was Jacob Dylan there and the director to talk about the film, but they did a live show where mm-hmm. Jacob Dylan performed with Jade, who's an artist and wasn't familiar with up until this point. And Cat Power, which is really who I was excited to see. Yeah, it was exciting. And so it was, it was kind of crazy. There was like a rock show happening in the Cinerama Dome at the Arclight, yeah, which that, I think is quite neat. unusual. Although the our night, there wasn't any blast from the past, but they had Stephen Stills from Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young performing the night before, which oh, was wow. something. I, we're kind of disappointed we missed that. And then the night after, us, Ringo Starr was there. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's a so, pop in place. I know, I know, exactly. So we were sandwiched in there with like, 
almost no special guest stars that weren't already at the other shows, plus these legendary artists. But anyway, I'm not bitter about it. The documentary itself was enjoyable. You do learn a lot about that period and what was yeah. going on with those artists and how they were making their music and some of the the funny stories they had to share. And there's a lot of commentary from people like Tom Petty who are interviewed for the documentary. It's very cozy. It's like a, it's a it's a walk down memory lane, and not, not for me literally because I was I was not alive then, but like. It is like a, a a moment in music history that is important. And it's interspersed with these modern interpretations of these classic songs, a lot of them slightly more obscure than, than the stuff that we're familiar with from these artists. And it's performed by Jacob Dylan and like artists like uh, Regina Spector and Beck, Cat Power, and Fiona Apple. They're really good covers of these classic songs by the Beach Boys and so on and so forth. So my soothing sound is from that soundtrack. It's a cover of In My Room by the Beach Boys. Oh, I can't wait. It's a duet between Jacob Dylan and Fiona Apple, and I just love Fiona Apple's voice. So let's take a listen to the cover of In My Room by Jacob Dylan and Fiona Apple. <laughs> it is. I love Fiona Apple's voice. It's so warm and weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could, <laughs> she never she never emphasizes the syllable you think she's going to emphasize. I felt like it was, it was really relaxing where I just could drift off and. Oh yeah, no, it's very very soothing. Very it's a soothing, soothing. sound, yeah, you know, it's a, it's don't a you soothing think? Sound, yeah, it's beautiful. And um, so yeah, if you if you like any of those artists, it's worth checking out these covers. Um, Eric Clapton's also on the record. Yeah, it's it's cozy and. If anything, for us, it's brought us back to those artists. So we're not listening so much to the Echo in the Canyon album, which is streaming everywhere, that you know, mm-hmm. like Apple Music and Spotify and stuff. But it's then brought us back to like listening to Mamas and the Papas. And I understand now like the appeal of Buffalo Springfield and the Birds, mm-hmm. bands I was familiar with vaguely, but never really tried to listen to sincerely. And, and this documentary got me to, so... I think I, you know, it's it's definitely worth a worth a, a little uh, nostalgic dive into music history. Great wreck. There you go. I loved it. Echo in the canyon. All right, so that brings us to our incredibly exciting <laughs> um, candle review, and this really is an all things cozy podcast dream come true. We're really grateful to this person. So so tell what are we burning and and how do we get this? We are burning a diptyque. Diptyque. And so the top of the line. Let that sink in for a minute. We've never had the only time that we've ever burned a candle on this podcast that's even remotely close to as fancy as this candle yeah. is when Alonzo brought his department store candle. It is a it's a beaut. Um, it is. Let's see. If we get the scent 
I'm going to say. I mean, it's too fancy for my taste. Apparently it's came, so fancy. It's, I mean, it's I French, can't, everyone. I can't even so read the label. We can't even read um, it. It's too fancy. But it, it, it's a the gorgeous candle, candle and it's gray. Wood fire. And the, yeah, the actual wax is uh, this lovely slate gray color. And um, Kate Littleton gave it to us, one of our beloved listeners. And if you're in the All Things Cozy podcast group, Kate's always asking um, our listeners every week, what's making them feel cozy? Um, she's a beloved member. Um, she and now she's a producer of this podcast because she apparently <laughs> made, made made the biggest candle contribution yes, ever. It was very generous. She sent us um, a kit of two. We're very spoiled. Thank you so much. Yes, Kate. thank you so much. I when I opened it, I well it came the candles came in this nice little mm-hmm. bag. Um, I truly felt so luxurious. It made my day. A little pep in my step. <laughs> so thank you for this. Um, it's a gorgeous candle. And so, yeah, I think it has a lovely light scent. That's okay. This is what was really interesting to me about this candle. So, so diptyque, we're finally, you know, yeah. we're with the, with the, the head, the big dogs, the big dogs, the big cheese candles. <laughs> big cheese. So the way it's described is wintertime in the hearth, a fire roars, throwing out its light and casting shadows. The wood crackles as flames slowly consume the logs, releasing their dense, smoky scent. And that's exactly what we're getting in a very light, way it's balanced i want to say mm-hmm. when, when we first opened the box like the scent was like wow you, you really get punched in the face with it it's like oh this is going to be a powerful candle and now that we've lit it and maybe it is like you know we're we're frogs in a boiling pot mm-hmm. but it's not overpowering at all it's just like it's like a perfectly balanced scent that's yeah. filling the room yeah it's really nice it's like a magical little forest yeah i'd say i um, i hate to say it but i feel it's almost worth it yeah it's a <laughs> I mean, I don't even have to put into words. It's just a very nice, it's airy and perfumey, but not in a way that gives you a headache. And it has, I think it's a nice mix of, you know, uh, I would say there's masculine or feminine smells. I don't want to go into that, but. Woody. It's like in a woody, it's a woody scent. We've we've got to stop gendering. I know, (laughs) but it feels so easy to do. And also it reminds me of a nice, Five star hotel. We walk like a like a nice um. But it would be burning in a nice hotel. Yes, yeah, and I, it just has this quality of filling the room without being overpowering. Mm-hmm. It really does smell like you're like in a forest. You can kind of smell a campfire a ways away. It's, it's so re- relaxing. It's very relaxing. This is a good candle. Thank it. you, Kate. Yes, thank you. We are hot to trot. We are spoiled little brats because yeah, of you. Yeah, I know. I don't know how we're going to go on from here. So on that note, one wick up for me. Popping up a wick. Yep, two wicks for Diptyque. They're so expensive and big. I almost want to say like, it's not that great, but it really is a good is. candle. Yeah, yeah. Bang, bang, bang for your buck. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you get a bang for your buck, but you certainly get a bang for a significant buck. You get buck. bang somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Whether it's a yeah, like in that center, the price. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, well, you know, that, that brings us to the end of our podcast. I do want to recognize two wonderful people who left us five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. One is Bounce Ruby, who wrote a cozy listen. This podcast is so cozy to listen to. They review candles, music, movies, books, etc. that will relax somebody. Thank you, Ruby. Yeah, thank you. We appreciate that. That's really sweet. And then also, Kate Littleton, once again, killing mm-hmm. it. She, she's sending us candles, and she's in holding it down in the review department. She wrote, uh, the coziest podcast there is. 
Looking to relax, get cozy, this is the podcast. Each episode is like chatting with, to two good friends over tea about life, love, music, books, travel, and of course, candles. This is the perfect thing to listen to any time of the day, but I love to listen to it as I wind down in the evening. Never stressful, always comforting. I love it so much that I'm actually embarrassed to not have written this review sooner. Well, no reason to be embarrassed, Kate. We're really grateful for you. Not only are you sending us the, the bougiest candles ever, but you're leaving these beautiful reviews. So but nice. we're, we're really lucky to have a listener like you. Yeah, so we thank really, you so much. So lucky. So if you want to be like Kate and Ruby, I don't know if, that, if Ruby is really that some person's name, but I'm just going <laughs> to go with it. They're bouncing around. And have your review read on the air. You have to leave it. So visit us at Apple Podcasts or I guess any of the hosts that we have mm-hmm. and, you know, leave us a review or you can also review us on Facebook, which is cool. Oh, yeah. Um, we always appreciate your feedback, um, especially when it is complimentary. Yeah. And, <laughs> and follow us on Instagram and Facebook and join our Facebook group. We have a great, great stuff going on on all yeah. platforms. At so. All Things Cozy Podcast. Great. Mm-hmm. Check Thanks us out. for all your support. Yeah. Really thank you for your lot. support. All your sweet comments. Yeah, this this has been a very listener-driven episode. Mm-hmm. You're you're providing the content, the candles, and the reviews. This is a podcast by the people for the people. Yeah, it is. For cozy content. To everyone out there listening, as always, stay, stay cozy. cozy.